0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
1: From MPB Think Radio, this is Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotter Janderson, president of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. Nancy and Ryder are both chartered financial analysts. Ryder also holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. Well, it's back-to-school time, so today we're going to be talking about back-to-school finances. From the upcoming tax-free weekend for clothing and school supplies, to saving for college, to designating your school as a charity to receive rebates on your purchases. And Nancy and Ryder will take your personal finance questions, so give us a call. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING. It's one 877 672 Seven four six four, or email the show. Send it to money at mpbonline dot org. We anticipate Nancy being here, but uh, has not made it to the studio as yet. Possibly caught in traffic. May have been having some, I guess, some heavy rain showers here in central Mississippi. Although when I came into work, it was just barely sprinkling, but apparently. Since then, it's started to rain. It definitely has. I assume she's just swimming along the
2: interstate right now. (laughs) I had to kind of jump over a moat to get out of my house as usual when it
1: starts raining. So that's probably what's going on. There certainly has been much rain here uh, this uh, last uh, month or so. So uh, although I did the good news I heard this morning on the news was that the uh, the floods stage at the Mississippi River, I believe, is, is now officially below the flood stage. And so any kind of, uh, you know, lessening there is good news for uh, residents and, and farmers and businesses in the in the
2: Delta for sure. That's very good news and certainly uh, much bigger news than just how much rain is falling around here on any given day, uh, because that affects, I mean, you know, draining from uh, the entire Midwest and then affecting all of those communities, uh, particularly in southern Mississippi and Louisiana. All right. Uh, so, Ryder, do you have any financial news in the news to share? Uh, well, I was just looking forward to this sales tax holiday and, and, and seeing if there was any way that, that, that I could game it, even though I'm not going to be buying school supplies.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, and that's the thing, I guess, depending on, I mean, if you needed some pens and if, pencils and that sort of thing, even if, if I needed you're a, not a, in school. I and, see if I needed a hat or some walking shoes. I could, I could get away with that, certainly. Uh, a hat is eligible. A hard hat is not Mm, no, so I guess that's not considered fashionable. Uh, a handkerchief is not. Uh, that's uh, we, we could probably do this all. all oh boy! It is interesting because we do have a list of eligible and non-eligible items for clothing, footwear, and accessories. Uh, it's the official guide to the sales tax holiday, which, by the way, is this coming weekend, Friday the twenty-sixth and Saturday the twenty-seventh. There are some stipulations. Uh, sales tax is not due on the sale of articles of clothing, footwear, or school supplies if the sales price of a single item is less than $100. Right. Uh, There are definitions of clothing, footwear, and accessories and school supplies, and also, as we said, a list of eligible items. Uh, Layway sales of eligible items don't qualify, but sales of eligible items that were placed or ordered by mail, telephone, or the Internet are not subject to sales tax if the purchaser orders and pays for them during the sales tax holiday, and they are less than $100 each. Um, So um, anything that, as you said, just kind of curious here, anything that kind of jumps out at you as you were going through the list of the eligible and the non-eligible? Well, just one
2: thing I was I was wondering about that, uh, the online purchases. You know, in recent years, a lot more uh, online sites have started collecting sales tax, even if they haven't been required to. Uh, and we only kind of recently made it required that they start collecting it. So I wonder if they're all up to date on sales tax holidays. And I wonder if when you're purchasing things online, if that's going to be maybe, you know, a source of some confusion or, you know, some extra expense so if you're lining up to buy a whole bunch of things online and then that sales tax still appears at the end you know what is your what's your recourse or should you just head down to the brick and mortar stores
1: well then so what an ironic thing too i guess maybe not ironic but an interesting thing is that you know they just really started collecting sales tax on a lot of uh, online purchases here and so that's uh, it, it, you're right it could be a little bit confusing um And that's how I was, I was something on prime day where I was trying to buy something and and my cart was showing a total that I didn't think was correct because I didn't think I was getting my discounted. So instead of going ahead with it, I went ahead and completely backed out, you know, went a different route. So.
2: And and just one thing, uh, because of how it's set up, if an item is priced, as you said, below a hundred dollars, you don't have sales tax. If it's priced above a hundred dollars, you have sales tax on the whole amount, regardless. So what I suspect you'll see is a lot of things that are priced a little bit above a hundred dollars, generally. You know, particularly maybe a nice pair of shoes or something. Um, things that are priced above a hundred dollars, those will probably. You'll see with the most discounts because you know that's how that you know just just to push it under that hundred dollar mark. Um, so that might be where some of the best value is.
1: If you have a uh, personal finance question for us this morning, you can give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. It's one eight seven seven. You can email the show as well. Send it to money at mpbonline.org. Talking back to school today, we'll be talking about the uh, tax-free weekend that's coming up this weekend. Also, later in the show, talk about saving for college and ways that you can uh, provide money to help out your local school. Nancy's made it into studio, so good morning, Nancy. Good morning. Um, Any financial news in the news? We've just been chatting about the sales tax holiday here so far. So did
0: you not talk about the budget?
2: And no, I was just reading up on that, but I know that's oh, a little bit more. Uh, I'm
0: ready to rant here. this
2: morning, <laughs> a little bit yes. more your your passion area. And, and I think, well,
0: it's, it's good news, bad news. The good news yes. is uh, they came to their senses and decided not to uh, hold the debt limit hostage and um, cause the federal government to default on their debt. Uh, the debt limit is just a silly vote. They need
2: to get rid of it. When she says silly, I believe you know we you know arbitrary is another way of putting it. The debt limit is just silly. an arbitrary number of hey, we're not going to spend more than this. But of course, no, they've already no, no, spent not, it. It's not spending. It's not, We're not going to take out more debt than this. We're not going to pay but for it, our bills again. It's already. It's it's things that they've already appropriated its money, they've already said, we're going to spend this $100 million. Oh, no, that puts us over the debt limit. Sorry, we're not going to write that check.
0: Yeah, that's silly. It's
2: it's an irresponsible – it's a very irresponsible way of running the government. But the
0: other thing that's irresponsible at this time is not looking at our serious budget issues. And um, I'm very concerned that we may end up in um, another financial crisis and we don't have room because we've blown it out – During a time when we've had good times, which is when you're supposed to really rein in and your tax revenues are good. This is a time to really get your budget in line. And so we have some serious long-term problems that we're not addressing. And we never have come to the point of saying, what do we want government to be? And at that point, this is how much it costs to pay for it. And guess what? We're all going to have to pony up.
1: All right. um, That's my rant. Okay. Okay. Uh, what about the sales tax holiday? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, it's kind of a you know, um, it, it's it's it doesn't amount to that much. But it it is something people really like, and it helps them a little bit with that back to school shopping, and um, the idea being that we have enough economic activity that that offsets whatever the loss is in sales taxes.
1: So yeah, I mean, I, I would imagine from the retailer point of view, this is nice because it, it encourages yeah, people. Yeah, it gets to get in people in the
0: stores. Yeah,
1: and I I would wonder if there is a lot of things on sale for ninety nine ninety
0: nine. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they're gonna pull that trick. Because they have enough room there. They can do that.
1: Yeah, I uh I, I think I've been out of town the last couple of years on sales tax holiday, but I I might uh I don't know, might might go looking for some shoes. That's always a, a You wise always purchase. are looking for
0: shoes. <laughs> look, look for
2: some shoes that are normally a hundred ten, a hundred twenty dollars and See if they see if they get right under the line. There. I will
0: say I was shocked this weekend when I picked up my local Clinton Courier and opened it up. And it's the listing of school supplies and the calendar showing August 8th. They get started again. I'm like, oh, my gosh, how did that happen so fast?
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's it's uh, right around the corner here for for many kids uh, in, in mis- different parts of Mississippi. And I, I think
0: some parents are breathing a sigh of relief. <laughs> They'll get them back in school and on a regular schedule.
1: All right, let's go ahead and we'll take our first break. Uh, we are talking today about uh, back-to-school finances, but as always, we're looking for your personal finance questions. You can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's 1-877-672-7464. Email the show. Send it to money at mpbonline.org. What's your plan for the sales tax holiday? If you'd like to share, give us a call. Uh, also, when does school start? We'll give you some dates around the state. When we come back, you're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio.
0: You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio.
1: Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Just a reminder that if you ever miss part of the show... You can go to mpbonline.org slash talks to listen again. You can also download our MPB Public Media app. When you have that on your smartphone, you get to listen to all the MPB Think Radio shows on your schedule. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Locher Janderson, president of New Perspectives and Ryder Taft portfolio manager at New Perspectives. Today we're talking about back-to-school finances. We mentioned in the first segment the uh, sales tax holiday that's coming up in Mississippi this weekend. Uh, Going to talk throughout the hour about uh, ways to save for college and also we'll talk a little bit hopefully later in the show about ways that you can uh, generate some uh, funds for your local school. So, uh, and just as for fun, I thought, uh, you know, we all here have a list of the eligible and non-eligible uh, items for the sales tax holiday and brought up during the break that it, the onus is on the retailer to decide what to charge sales tax for. And as we're saying, some of these items on here, it gets really rather particular. So it's it's a, maybe a slight bit of a burden Uh, on the retailer, what would happen if they didn't charge sales tax on an item that they were supposed to? Would they be liable for that? Yes. I I would assume
0: that they would have to then uh, do the math and
2: take Um, that charge. Yeah. I mean, the retailer is the one who is supposed to keep the records of and collect and remit the sales tax. So, you know, even if they just forgot to charge you the sales tax on a regular day, they would still have to, you know, make note, okay, you know, Kevin bought $50 of stuff, therefore he owes us $3, or owes the state $3.50, and they'd have to pay that.
0: I have a problem with umbrellas being not eligible. I mean, it's raining out.
1: Well, that's true. It seems Mm.
0: like umbrellas is a standard thing that you'd want your children to have. Well,
2: raincoats, ponchos, and rain hats are good to go. But an umbrella, come on. As are robes. And Here. yet and yet you
0: can get a swimsuit. So I guess if it's raining, you just wear your swimsuit.
2: <laughs> you can't you can't rollerblade to school, but you can show up in your robes. Okay. I wonder what kind of I I like that uh gym suits and uniforms are allowed, but the belts for weightlifting are not. So so you can't be too serious about the gym, but
1: you can go. Bowling shirts are on the eligible list. So that's that's good. What news. is a bowling shirt? Uh ugly? <laughs> It's got their name stitched on the pocket. (laughs) Owl or something like that. But it's (laughs) probably a decal of a pin on the back of the shirt. I'm sure I'm going to get
2: emails on that one. (laughs) It's a shirt, right? I mean, it's not... I mean, is there there maybe like a pocket for the bowling ball?
1: (laughs) I think it might have...
2: Uh, it has lots of room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm going to need some clarification on what makes something specific. Because, you know, they sell
0: snacks at the bowling
2: alley. <laughs> Nancy. I know, and that's that's why I go. And they have
0: to go with those shoes, <laughs> which are right. so attractive. Oh, they that's have it. That's it. it. That's it that's the magic. So are bowling have the have the shoes on the, shoes. the list? Let's look. I don't uh,
2: shoes. Uh, boat shoes are, and uh, fishing boots are not. But no comment about bowling, bowling shoes. shoes. That's, that's very maybe interesting. Maybe they would fall under the category of jazz or dance shoes. Is that similar? (laughs) 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 Or possibly Oh, it's a tap dance. It's a tap dance there right at the end. Well, you have to do
0: that special
2: I I certainly
1: do a little tap dancing sometimes when I bowl. Sport design though. Any spiked or cleated or specifically designated for a sport such as golf, football, soccer, etc. Does that mean cleats or because a bowling shoe is designated for bowling, so
2: No, I mean that just says IE any spiked or cleated so I forget right. the Latin so translation there. I
0: think we've got. I think we've got a gray area here.
2: <laughs> only half of your bowling outfit. That's right. But I mean, you know, a lot of us regular folks just rent the shoes anyway. That's so. true.
1: That's usually what I yeah. end up doing. Also, I've yeah. Never. And this I've is never true. never worn a bowling shirt to the bowling alley. So
0: well, that's because you weren't on Where, a team. If you're on a well, team, you right. have to have. Where a shirt? do you wear
1: your bowling shirt? <laughs> I only for special events. Uh, The other one, one interesting one here, uh, graduation caps and gowns not on the list. Mm. Um, And I guess uh, that's specialty clothing, I guess, because the definition of clothing is any article of apparel designed to be worn on the human body, including pants, shirts, and blouses, dresses, coats, jackets, belts, hats, undergarments, and multiple piece garments sold as a set.
0: Well, I can tell you that um, uh, graduation gowns are going to be over that $100 limit, so maybe that's
1: the issue. Uh-huh. Well, I, I maybe mean a, you should just a jacket, get a nice uh, robe instead. That's right. By the way, if you have a personal finance question, we're having a little bit of fun with the things on the sales tax uh, holiday list. But if you have a uh, a, a – personal finance question, we're here to help you with that. So give us a call. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. Send an email to money at mpbonline.org. By the way, uh, Nancy mentioned Clinton School's starting soon. Uh, DeSoto County Public Schools, their first day is August 7th. It's also the first day for Jackson Public Schools on the coast. Harrison County Public Schools start on August 8th. That seems awfully early, but then I guess you can't – got to remember that they probably got out in May of some time. Uh, so. Right,
0: and but- – it does seem like a very short
1: summer. And there are, uh, I'm, I'm not sure where, but I know there are several school districts in Mississippi that have gone to the year-round with several chunks of time throughout the calendar. Are uh, there? Yes. That's fantastic. So that's uh, been sort of an interesting trend in education these uh, last uh, and few I, years. You know, I
0: don't know how that works because, uh, and even with summer, the big issue when both parents are working or if you have a single-parent household mm-hmm. is how do you manage with childcare care uh, during those off times?
1: So, a uh, couple of back-to-school shopping tips. Uh, don't forget about the local brick-and-mortar retailers. They offer competitive bargains versus Internet-only retailers. Uh, you can look for specials and doorbusters. Uh, but try not to let the, let the good prices lure you into spending on things you don't need. So, As always, don't would, spend on things you don't need. Would be a good time to do the old list there, you know, uh, go through there, uh, see what uh, clothes your children might need. And then uh, with school supplies... Uh, which is uh, defined as any items that are commonly used by a student in a course of study. So that's, I don't think that's on our, our, our it's list. It's on the back. Okay, yeah. Backpacks, binder pockets, binders, blackboard chalk, calculators, cellophane tape. I don't remember ever having tape in my back to school bag, but. I hate glitter. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't know if glitter's on here. I don't it think it is. It should so. be. I don't believe it is. Mm, glue and paste sticks are, but. Uh... Sketch and draw pads, watercolors, workbooks, writing tablets. Uh, Now, that was the other thing. Uh, uh, We wondered if – now, writing tablet, is that the old-fashioned definition or is that like a tablet as in – Well, again, any kind of
0: uh, piece of technology is going to be over that $100 limit. that's true.
1: That's true. Hey, we got a phone call on the line, so why don't we say good morning to Dean, who's called in from Grenada. Good morning, Dean. You're on the air with us.
3: Hey, thanks for taking my call. Sure, go ahead. A uh, question about school clothing. Would camouflage be covered?
1: Um, it's not, I don't think, specifically pointed out here as not being eligible. So I would think that depending on what the camouflage item is, I think would be more the determining uh, as whether it's, you know, just camo or not. Would I, we'll say,
2: I will say hunting vests are eligible. So I'm guessing that's kind of the maybe safety vests, high visibility vests. Um, but, I mean, all, all manner of, of pants and coats and jackets are eligible. So I think just because it has a camouflage pattern, it, that I think it, that would just still be fine. Yep. And, uh, again, keeping in mind, keeping that under that um, $100 uh,
1: limit. Mm-hmm.
3: Okay, thanks a lot. All Absolutely. right, uh,
1: Dean, appreciate your call. Uh, yeah, that's the other thing. And again, it's $100 per item. So just as long as you stay under that threshold and in these categories, you you should be able to uh, reap the rewards of the sales tax holiday. Um, so we talked about um, some back-to-school tips. Uh, look for store coupons and rewards programs. You, that's a good idea. Um Consider taking advantage of prepackaged school supplies offered by your school district. This usually involves paying online for a tailored packet of school supplies that's delivered to the school ready for use. Oh, never heard about that. That seems like a good idea. Uh, For kids uh, maybe in uh, high school, well, probably more college, the used textbooks uh, is always a, Mm, a way to save money. Do they
0: use books anymore?
1: Wow, well, you're talking to a guy not who graduated much, college not in, um, so.
0: in In a lot of cases, uh, I'm, I have seen students who don't ever get the book. Okay. Um, and they are renting books online, and so they can have a digital version.
1: Yeah, when I went to college, we actually, um, books were rented from the university. So there was the book area, and you went in.
4: And
0: when was that, <laughs>
1: <Kevin>? <laughs> That would have been uh, 1980 through uh, 1984, or 79 through 84. I took a little extra time. Uh, Don't we all? (laughs) But that was fun because, you know, you'd rush in there and you'd have to go through a massive, all, all these books and make sure you got your book in time. There were a couple of uh, books that we had to buy, but I think those could always be sold back to the bookstore at the end of the semester. Well,
0: and the biggest problem is those college textbooks, well, any textbook right now, they're so expensive. Yeah. And uh, you're talking hundreds
1: of dollars for a short course. We have another phone call, so we say good morning to Sheila from Biloxi. Sheila, you're on the air with us. Go ahead.
3: Hi, good morning. Morning. Uh, when, when my daughter uh, was getting ready to go to college, I felt that I never got a clear view of how much she would get in grants and Pell Grants, whatever, and what the school would actually cost. And I had to make the decision to accept the opening at her school before I really knew how much it would cost. Mm. So I ended up with a Parent Plus loan, which I've been paying now for nearly 20 years. And my finances have changed. I've gotten older, and uh, I pay this out of my meager Social Security uh, monthly payment. Is there any way to get out of a Parent PLUS loan?
2: Um, so a couple of things for you to look at. One, uh, so Parent PLUS loan is a federal st- uh, student loan, and as such, you should be able to uh, talk with your servicer about moving it to uh, an income-based repayment or an income-driven repayment plan is what they're officially called. Maybe. You Maybe sh-
0: if if they are truly federally,
2: if they if they are the that federal, uh, if they're private,
0: plus. you won't be able to uh, access any of those programs. Right,
2: and and another <laughs> and and so what that does is it limits your repayment to a, a percentage of your income above and beyond uh, the federal poverty level, which is about eighteen thousand dollars. So uh, uh, above and beyond. 150% of the federal poverty level. Federal poverty level being at about $12,000, that's your first $18,000 of income in a year, is kind of free and clear. And then everything above that. So, for instance, if you were making, say, $2,000 a month on your Social Security, that's $24,000. Um, a year. And that's a total of $6,000. That's above the federal limit. And so it would be limited to six to $900 total a year. So that's about 50 to $75 a month. I'm sorry, we can slow that down if you wanted to write that down. But what I'm saying is these income driven repayment plans offer a much, much lower uh, payment amount. And additionally, there is a little more protection for if, if Social Security is your only income you hear oftentimes about uh, student loans are only, you know, can't be discharged in bankruptcy, that the only exceptions, um, one of the only exceptions is, for instance, if your only income is Social Security. Uh, so it's good, it's good to get ahead of those things with, um, with talking with your servicer about your repayment options um, um, let before me jump it comes in. to something extreme.
0: Sheila, do you know what interest rate you are paying on that loan? I, I believe it's right around 4%, and that's another issue.
3: Right after I uh, took the loan out, I started receiving letters saying that I should consolidate, and I would only have one opportunity to do that, and I would freeze my interest loan, my interest amount. So I did that. And uh, now I've started receiving lots of letters since then saying I should consolidate.
0: Okay. um, Be be careful about those. Now, as Ryder mentioned, you need to call whoever is the servicer. So you, you should be getting a statement. With all those loans listed on it, since you did say you consolidated, and you can call them now. You're going to have to sit on the phone for a long time and probably go through several folks um, to really figure out if any of those loans would qualify what for what he's talking about an income based plan. That's your best option.
3: Excuse me. Do they reduce the overall amount that's due, or just the amount of payment?
2: No. uh, But what an income. All the income based plans, income driven plans, now offer some sort of forgiveness. Um, and so that's just based on it, generally it's after 20 years. And I, I know you said you've been paying on it 20 years already. Another 20 years looks like a nightmare, but what, you know, what we're talking about is a, is a very, very, very small payment. Um, and it's a payment that is designed to not be a burden anymore. Um, and, and, there unfortunately what you might actually see uh just depending on the i mean we don't have all the details here but depending on the balance you might actually be paying less than the interest that balance may grow and grow and grow uh but that would still be your only obligation and it would um it would be forgiven in 20 years uh, the only other things i'll look at is you know uh, implications for your estate
0: Okay. Uh, also, know that if you do have any forgiven, that's going to show up on your income taxes as income.
3: Oh, okay. All right. Well, I'm so poor that uh, that and
0: old that it probably doesn't matter. So, Well, uh, well make the uh, phone call and see what is available. Okay. Thanks so much.
1: Thanks, Sheila, for your call. It's time for another break. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Talking about back-to-school finances this morning. Uh, when we get back, we will talk about uh, saving for college. If you have a, a question about back-to-school financing or a personal finance question that we can help you with, the phone number is one mpb ring It's one 672 7464 Back with more after this.
0: Author Mary Miller. Check out my podcast on Right on Mississippi at mpbonline.org. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB
1: Think Radio. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. I'm Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotter anderson President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taff, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Today we are talking about back-to-school financing and looking for your personal finance questions. If you'd like to join our conversation with your phone call, the number is 1-877-MPB-RING. Our phone number is one 877 Six seven two seven four six four, or you can email the show, send it to money at org. We have another caller on the line, and we say good morning to Mary, who is in Raymond. Mary, you're on the air with us. Go ahead, please.
4: Hey, good morning. Enjoy your show. Thank you. Um, I'm calling about my nephew. He will turn 21 years old in a couple of weeks. And at that time, he will receive a little over $30,000 from a guardianship trust account that was set up years ago from a car wreck he was involved in. And he wants to use half of that money to buy a used vehicle. Mm-hmm. And the other half of it, he wants to invest in something. And um, bear in mind, he's only going to be 21. He's going to have about 15000 to do something with. What do you guys recommend he do? An IRA, mutual funds, um, buy a CD with it. What's the best thing for him to do?
2: Um, So that's I'm I'm in terrible circumstance that led to him getting that um, the car wreck. But uh, it's an opportunity. It kind of depends on what what is he going to need in the future. What is he going to do with that? I don't know if he has any kind of
4: he's a junior at Mississippi State on, on scholastic. You know he has scholarships uh-huh. there he he can use, he could use some extra money mm-hmm. I'm sure here and there but uh, basically his tuition is paid for mm-hmm. and he's, he's on the baseball team
0: does he so, uh does he work any during the year summer jobs part time jobs
4: uh very little up to this point just um you know real minimum wage type jobs
2: um, well, I will say first, you know, it's it's great that he's thinking about investing, putting it off for the future, thinking, you know, I can do without this money right now. Um, but what it kind of sounds like when he, when you get out of college, you hit a whole bunch of expenses. I wouldn't want to invest this, you know, so aggressively. I wouldn't want to say, great, he's young, we can invest this very aggressively. Uh, this is more circumstance. Maybe in the next couple of years, he's going to need to a little bit of extra money here and there when he's moving, he's starting his first new job, and maybe. What he can do then, when he has any earned income, uh, you mentioned an IRA. I'm always a big fan of folks putting money into. Well,
0: a- um, Ryder, what Whoa. about let's just let's just get let's him play, started. Let's, play here. let's kind what of go in are, what the are we middle doing of with this? this, which would be if he does have some earnings right now. You say there's small amount, but maybe during the year he earned four thousand dollars. If that's his earnings, then that's how much he can put into a Roth IRA. So to take four, five, or even six thousand and put into a Roth IRA right now is not taking the whole amount and is getting him really started. With this mm-hmm. idea of investing and getting his feet wet, which I think is a good thing, and still leaves, you know, maybe ten grand for him to put in just a good money market account. He should find one that's paying 2% and then mm-hmm. be able to access that money because you said he probably is going to have some needs right now while he finishes college. And certainly after he completes college, maybe moving and setting up um, a house somewhere wherever he
4: finds a job. And it would still be accessible to him if it were in mutual funds.
0: Well, the or, the Roth IRA would, but um, the idea there is that's going to be his long-term money, and we're going to leave probably about two-thirds of it where he can get his hands on it.
4: Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate the advice. Tell Absolutely. him to
0: look at Vanguard.
4: Okay, I will.
0: Okay. okay. Yeah,
2: I'll, I'll all do right. that. And and you're welcome. Um, And I think that's good, kind of in general, uh, folks getting started investing. Sometimes people are really eager to get started investing, but it's also important to remember have a little cash set aside so that, you know, if you. You know, one paycheck comes late or one bill comes early or one accident happens. You're not you're not just totally out of pocket. Don't don't put all your money away for the longer term if you haven't taken care of, you know, your kind of immediate and and upcoming needs um, first as well. So that those are kind of two initial things to start that emergency savings fund and, of course, getting ready for some getting started on the path of investing with an IRA or something like that.
1: This is Bunny Talks on MPB Think Radio, talking today about financing back to school, uh, or just personal finance questions in general. If you have one and want to join the conversation, call us at one eight seven seven MPB Ring. It's one eight seven seven. You can email the show. Send it to money at mpbonline.org.
0: I I would just say, Kevin, one of the things that I was noticing this week, we're getting numbers about um, our credit card balances. And in the last couple of months, those have bumped up 8%. And my concern Mm -hmm. is, I mean, that's a lot. And as we head into school Mm -hmm. and many families are facing, oh, you've got to make all of these purchases, new clothes for all the kids, uh, all of their sports things that they have to get involved in, school supplies, everything, then you're going to start loading up those credit cards again. So be very careful about that, especially now we're going to be heading into Christmas and adding to that debt. So come up with a plan for how to pay that off before we get to December.
1: And again, as we mentioned earlier, have, you know, have your shopping list in mind. So, uh, because as Nancy said, if you've got several kids and you're trying to buy them a lot of new clothing and supplies for school, uh, you might kind of get uh, caught up in the shuffle there. So a, a good uh, list before you head out, I think, would be helpful, help you kind of stay on track. Uh, the main thing that characterizes a shirt as a bowling shirt is shape. Bowling shirts have a box-cut design. They have short sleeves, which keeps any fabric from getting in the way of the ball. Also, most bowling shirts have a pocket in front and a collar, which is of contrasting color.
2: Ooh, the contrast color. I like
1: it. Wikipedia calls it a style of camp shirt in which uh, fabrics, color design vary greatly but frequently incorporate contrasting earth tones and simple geometric designs with more expensive ones made of silk. That would be nice. Oh, wow. Um, they may have a single pocket on the left. Small logos or monogrammed initials are also common options on the left breast. And they were made popular by the character Charlie Harper, played by Charlie Sheen, on the comedy Two and I, a Half Men. I don't Man. think
0: we want to emulate him, do we? Well, that's probably...
1: <laughs> Probably true there. So, uh, so I think the shape probably is the main over uh, the shape and the short sleevedness is the what sets the bowling shirt apart from other shirts. But as we said earlier, if you are in the market for a new bowling shirt, it is uh, qualifies for uh, the sales tax holiday. All right, let's uh, talk a little bit now about uh, some ways that uh, people can pr- 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 say for a college education. Uh, is there are two programs administered through the state treasurer's office. One is called Impact and one is called Max. So um, maybe if you could just use sort of a general uh, refresher on, on these two programs.
2: Oh Well, uh, speaking of paying for college education, and our last caller, whose uh, nephew is uh, has a lot of scholarships to Mississippi State and is about to be receiving a lot of money. I would just caution to make sure. He's 21, so I'm guessing he's about to finish up. So he's probably fine. Um, but you need to be careful uh, that the income that that doesn't count as income for him which could seriously seriously offset um, money that he is is receiving on any need-based scholarship because uh, income of the student uh, say he receives that fifteen thousand dollars they would consider seven and a half thousand of that as eligible to contribute to his education so say he was receiving ten thousand dollars of need-based uh, assistance that would then be reduced to by that 7,500 to 2,500. There is a time lag on all of that. Um, And so, you know, essentially you report it uh, kind of with a two-year time lag. So if he's about to finish up, if this year next year is his last year, that's going to be fine. But other folks in that situation, um, just be careful and make sure that however that is structured to him, uh, if it is coming, f- you know, say from a guardianship and being paid out to him, um, that may count as income. If that is coming, if, but if you move it to a trust, which is still not, uh, his actual, you know, possession, then that's a safe way to keep that out of um, uh, off uh, off of the uh, FAFSA form, so to speak.
0: OK, so to so the two programs, the mm-hmm. state of Mississippi has
2: back imp- to our normal program. Impact,
0: <laughs> um, impact is like insurance for college. OK. And you purchase a policy. You can purchase four years, you can purchase only two years, you can purchase
2: a combination of
0: things. I believe you can
2: purchase down to the semester hour at this point, community college or university.
0: But what that does is just there is a price for that. You can pay it all up front or you can pay it in uh, monthly amounts. To go into that account which means that when your child is ready for college they are guaranteed the tuition and fees will be covered and again it's only for tuition and fees we are getting into the season for signing up for impact you can only sign up for impact in the fall of each year there is a window of time i forget how many days they allow for that um, that you get started with that the other program is called max and it's the mississippi affordable college savings program, it works like a 401k, which means you decide how much to put into it. You choose the investments. They're going to give you a a list of funds you can choose from, and many people will choose the age based fund, meaning for a younger child, it's going to be more aggressive, more stock, and then as they get closer to college age, it's going to work more into bonds and cash. Um, But you can sign up for that anytime during the year. And a lot of the people we work with, especially grandparents, love the MAX program. There is a tax deduction on the state side up to 10,000 a year, so many grandparents will like to put in a lump sum and prepare those kids for college. So those are both very good programs. We started with only the impact many years ago, about 20 years ago, then we added the max program. And it's called, the max program is a 529.
1: So if you had impact, say if you, uh, a couple had a child and they they started uh, one of these accounts... They basically have, they locking in the rate for college, but exactly. then they basically would have pretty much and like 18 paying years to pay yeah. for it.
0: And one, um, uh, one concern that people think that if you do that, they have to go to a Mississippi school. That is not correct. They can go to any school they want to. It's just that the better bargain is to go to a Mississippi school because it is based on Mississippi tuition rates.
1: And if you need more information, it is, as we mentioned, uh, administered by the Treasurer's Office, so the current website is uh, fitch all spelled out, .ms.gov, and you can find more information about the college savings plans there. We've got two calls on the line, but it is time for our final break this hour. So Diane and Roderick, if you would hold on, we'll get to your calls right after this. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio, back to wrap up the program after this last break.
0: listening to Money Talks on MPB
1: Think Radio. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy lotridge Janderson and Ryder Taft from New Perspectives. We've been talking about financing uh, back to school today, but also uh, taking your personal finance questions. And we have two callers on the line. So let's jump right back on the phone lines. Starting in Grand Bay, Alabama, Diane is called in today. Good morning, Diane. Go ahead.
3: Good morning. I I just have a comment about the lady who called in who's been repaying, apparently, a child's college loans for 20 years. I think it's time that child or children kicked in and started helping her repay that debt.
0: That's all. Well, that would make sense because they're the ones who are probably at prime income potential right now. And it was an investment in their income. But that is a decision within the family.
2: And and I will say from a more technical legal standpoint, which I have, man, I've been on the technical standpoints all day. Um, it is a parent plus loan. So that was taken out in her name. So there's no, I mean, there's no obligation of the child um, legally speaking to do that. And if she, and, and so if she was like, okay, great, you know, you're going to make a hundred dollar payment every month um, and they miss a month, that's her missing a month. Um, so, you know. Obviously, yes, you know, it'd be great if you could get your children to kind of pay you back for the college that you gave them. Um, it is it is still on you at that point. And that's just a good point when you're when you're planning for college,
1: realizing, you know,
2: what are the obligations of those different loans.
1: All right. Uh, we have now Roderick on the line calling in from Byram. Good morning. You're on the air with us. Hello,
3: guys. How are you? Good.
1: good, hey, morning. good morning.
3: Good. My question is concerning a uh, 401k.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um the contribution that the employer contributes, say, doing a match, is that also taxed uh,
1: when the MDRs are required? Or yes.
2: yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, So any money you withdraw from it is it does count as income for you, um, and the empl- uh, and, and the reason for that is because the employer got the tax break when they put that money in initially, just like you got a tax break when you initially put in your you know whatever percent it is. So all of it coming out counts as income. And additionally, if you are doing a Roth 401 one k, which is becoming a more and more common option, uh, where in a Roth again where you do not get the tax deduction on the front end, but you do not pay tax on it when you withdraw it, Uh, your employer is still putting money in on a tax-deferred basis, and so that money would still count as income, regardless of what you put put in.
3: Okay, and the Roth... Uh, 401ks, it it, it depends on if your employer offers those, right?
2: That's absolutely correct. Yeah, that's just another feature of 401ks. They have a
1: ton of features, and employers can pick and choose.
4: Okay. All right. Thank you, guys.
1: All right. Thanks for your call. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Let's wrap up our discussion by talking about some ways that you can help finance your local schools. Uh, There are a number of uh, retailers uh, uh, that uh, help out with this. Um, Office Depot and Kroger, for example, each have ways for you to designate your school so that a portion of your total is donated to that school. You could go to officedepot.com or kroger.com to try to find details for that. Uh, One thing I've seen in the cereal aisle is uh, Box Tops for Education. That's a program where consumers collect and give the school labels or box tops for them to send in for cash. There's also an app where you can scan your store receipt instead of sending in the top of a mac and cheese box or soup labels. So that would be BoxTops4Education.com uh, for uh, uh, any uh, details on that. Um, also, Amazon dot, dot, donates 0.5% of the price of your eligible Amazon Smile purchases to the charitable organization of your choice. Uh, you, If you could choose your local school. Also, I believe uh, you could choose uh, MPB, I think. So you might want to investigate that and pick your favorite charity to get some money when you make purchases through Amazon. And Coca-Cola has a website where you scan or enter a product code to donate to your local school. And, again, Coca-Cola.com obviously would be uh, where you could find out more information on that. So uh, any other ways that, I mean, I guess you could always volunteer your time at, the, at your local school. Uh, that would be a way to give back to your local school. Uh, any other thoughts on?
0: Well, I, I think you need to go bigger and uh, talk to the uh, legislators and encourage <laughs> them to fund Education and support
2: your local schools. That's where the real money is, y'all. Absolutely.
1: All right. Uh, any final thoughts? We've again we've talked about the the sales tax holiday. Uh, we've talked about um, the um, impact and max the college savings plans. Uh, you know, we've talked about uh, maybe shopping tips, that sort of thing. Anything else when it comes to? back-to-school financing that you can think of that we can mention here in the last couple minutes of the show? Well,
0: know that uh, the more children you have, the more expensive it's going to be as they start back to school. But be reasonable and uh, make those lists and stick to those lists. Stick to a budget. Don't get in over your head on your credit cards as you try to get cranked up because Christmas is just around the corner. All
1: right. All right. And as child number five, I would say, well, hand-me-downs are good and make things last a bit longer. The child that are further down the pecking order there might might occasionally want a new thing. thing That's why you
0: have this thing about shoes, is it not?
1: (laughs) So, uh, and a reminder then, so the sales tax holiday, it's uh, this weekend, uh, which is what? That is the 26th and the 27th. Uh, Then I just want to go over the uh, the, uh, reminders there. Um, not due on the sale of articles of clothing, footwear, or school supplies if the sales price for each single item is less than $100. Uh, There are definitions of clothing, footwear, accessories, and school supplies, and I would imagine you could find that uh, at the Department of Revenue, uh, DFP. um, What is it? Is that what it is? Finance and and DFA. So if you search that online, you could probably come up with that. Uh, Layaway sales are not qualified. And then uh, sales of eligible items that were placed or ordered by mail, telephone, or the internet are not subject to sales tax if the purchaser orders and pays for them during the sales tax holiday. And again, the $100 threshold applies there as well. So And so that Internet
2: thing, I mean, kind of like we spoke about in the beginning, it's just going to be make sure that they're not charging you sales tax because, you know, not all not all websites may be kind of, you know, uh, have have all the details in um, and and particularly with you know what specific things and what the what you know what day are you actually ordering, um, so that's just something to be careful about, especially if you're ordering online. And I would think your
0: our local retailers are well versed in this; they probably mm-hmm. have their list ready. So if you have a question, just ask.
1: All right. Uh, and just uh, some of the eligible school supplies, uh, backpacks, binder pockets, calculators, dictionaries, index card boxes, lunch boxes, textbooks, scissors, etc., etc. It goes on and on. So Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from you, our listeners. To hear today's show or previous show, one way to find it is to go to mpbonline.org slash moneytalks. Our show is produced by Liz Gill and our engineer today by Java Chapman. So for Dr. Nancy Lauter Janderson and Ryder Taft, I'm Kevin Farrell. Stay tuned up next at ten. It's in legal terms. We'll be back next Tuesday at nine for another show heard only on MPB Think Radio.